With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Malika Basu. In this episode, I'm speaking to Claire Richards, solo artist, mom, and one-fifth of the pop sensation that is Steps 5678. Hello, Claire. <laughs> Hello. I always get so embarrassed to such lovely introductions, but that was lovely. Thank you. Well, it's wonderful to be speaking to you. And can I just say, you have an absolutely banging album out. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, it's um, it's been a bit of a labour of love, but um, I'm very happy with how it turned out. So I'm glad you have enjoyed it. <laughs> so I was listening to it while cooking yesterday, actually, and I couldn't help myself. You know that thing bopping in the kitchen when you've got the tunes on and you're sort of doing little twirls while also yeah. trying to chop onions. <laughs> and it was brilliant. Is it what you were expecting, Claire? Is that the sort of album you wanted to produce? Yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely what I wanted to produce. I think my first solo album was very much, I think, what I thought I would be as a solo artist. So it was very kind of mid-tempo and quite a few ballads. And and I just, I just wanted to get my teeth into singing some songs that weren't step songs, I think, at the time. But over the last few years, we've I've done a lot of shows with steps and seen the reaction of audiences to that kind of, banging kind of up-tempo tunes I just I even though steps are having a little bit of a break I just wanted to be able to have that feeling on my own with an audience just to just for them to be singing along and kind of going nuts really so and I had visions of exactly what you just described being in your kitchen and having it on really loud and just having a dance and a sing around your kitchen and 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 at the top of your voice and being able to know every single word to every single song. So that's I'm I feel like it's job done. I, I think you definitely have. That's next on my agenda, by the way, learning all the words. <laughs> you have a gorgeous voice and I just have a vision of you being born singing. Do you remember when you first realized or first started singing, really belting out the tunes? Um, I have memories of being quite a young kid and I had um 
I don't, I, it must have been a thing at the time, but we, I had a desk in my room, like a proper school desk with a stool. And I used to take the stool from the desk into the living room and plonk it in front of the fireplace in, in front of my mum and dad. And I, I didn't have much of a repertoire. It was, I think it was Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, Over the Rainbow, and maybe from Annie. Uh, they were like my four songs and I would do a costume change for every song. Oh, they're so beautiful. Maybe is one of the most beautiful songs. Yeah, I, I, I just, I was obsessed with Mary Poppins, Sound of Music and Annie. But then we're not a musical family. We're not, there's nobody that in performing arts. Which, so I don't think anybody really knew or realised that I could sing properly until I went to secondary school. And then I had a teacher that encouraged me to sing in front of proper audiences, which I was terrified, but I was more terrified of saying no to a teacher. So I just did it. <laughs> well, we're very, we're very grateful for, to this teacher, obviously. And how lovely that she noticed that because, you know, it's amazing that you went through primary school without, without anyone noticing really. I guess we didn't have to sing on our own. It was, it was all by, we had to do a, an exam one year and if you didn't play an instrument for music you had to sing regardless of whether you could or not so it was all I was almost forced to sing in front of people but it yeah it definitely worked. We're all grateful at any rate. Um, you said mum and dad what were you like as a child Claire like I'm just imagining you sort of bouncing on that on that stool and what were you like with food when you were little? I think I've always been fine with all food. I baked a lot when I was growing up. That was what I that was my hobby. That's what I did for fun. So on on Saturdays I would my mum had this really old B-row cookbook that was a it was you know it was really thin. Um or and she had a stalk one as well which is a bit, really like a pamphlet. And I used to work my way through that and just bake whatever I could. Whatever ingredients my mum had I would just keep going until everything had gone you know all the ingredients had finished so I would you know fruit cakes and scones and rock cakes and and just all sorts I loved it well that sounds so lovely and what were you like as a family did you enjoy any family meals together did you sit down and eat together yeah always every night we sat and sat down to dinner together the three of us would eat and my sister was she was terrible she would always be forced to stay at the, the dinner table till she'd finished her food and never would so she'd be sat there for ages but um she she always had a really small appetite but the rest yeah but my mum had a kind of a a repertoire I suppose like when you were a mum I suppose you do and growing up I just kind of remember everything being made with mints you know every meal was really what every, like it's like shepherd's pie like beef mints or... yeah beef mints so we'd normally have shepherd's pie and then maybe a lasagna or a spaghetti she used to make this, she used to call it risotto, but I, it can't possibly have been risotto because it had rice in it. <laughs> it wasn't wet like a risotto and it had beef mints in it and peas, but I loved it. But I, I just, I don't know what it was. It was kind of one of those weird things. We won't tell the Italians, right? No. But it sounds amazing. <laughs> it was really tasty. Well, this is it. Every family has these meals, don't they, which are just complete concoctions, but you have such gorgeous memories. What was your favourite dish from that time? Would you say it was the risotto? Um, no, do you know what? It probably was the lasagna. Whenever my mum made the lasagna from the recipe, I think, and I tried to steal it from her, um, 
But I think it was probably that. It was always my favourite meal, that lasagna with salad and sometimes with garlic bread. But that was, yeah, it felt really indulgent, I think. Well, that sounds absolutely lovely. I mean, lasagna is also so comforting, isn't mm. it? It's a kind of perfect family meal to sit around a table with. Yeah. I feel a bit sorry for your poor sister, though. That does not sound <laughs> like fun at all. <laughs> No. <laughs> We're going to talk about your kids later. So I hope you're not making them sit at the table and finish their, their dinner. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the time with Steps and when you were touring and the food. Now, from the home to your time with Steps, right? I know you guys are on a break right now. Yeah. And uh, I, you've also spoken very bravely about some of your struggles with dieting and weight during that time, which was, you know, it's very inspiring to read, Claire, and it's very brave of you to be talking about that. I just wondered, were there any fun memories involved with sort of the food when you guys were touring? What was it like? We were lucky because we, um, and even when we tour now, most of the time we've got the same chef that still comes on our tours with us, Stuart. He's amazing. My favourite memory is I normally, I didn't do it on the last tour because it was during COVID time, so we weren't allowed to mix. But normally on tour, I do a I spend a day in the kitchen and I cook um, one of the dishes for everybody. And then I go on stage and do the show. <laughs> I love that. So I love doing that. It's great. I kind of get in with the ki- in the kitchen and I, I decide which dish I'm going to make. Um, and I spend as much of the day as I can preparing it. And then it just gets served as to everybody. And it's what I've made. And I just, I love doing that. Well, that's so, that's such a lovely thing to be able to do while Mm. also, you know, getting on stage and being fabulous and singing. And what sort of food did Stuart make? Just out of interest, I'm sure our our listeners will want to hear what you were eating before going on stage. Normally, we kind of, it's very much because they have to feed a lot of people and a lot of them are kind of big, strong men that, you know, are, are lifting stuff all day. So most of the time it is kind of quite hearty food. So there's normally maybe a curry or a pasta or, but then there's, there's lots of options. There's always a soup and, and some kind of salad, but we're, as we're getting older as well, we're, we're a bit naughty. So rather than kind of have what is on offer, we say, can we just have some grilled salmon and vegetables, please? So we're trying, we try to be healthy. So we try and kind of keep it as sometimes we might have a bit of teriyaki salmon, but most nights we we try to have kind of just meat and um you know good greens and stuff just to give us the energy and and also just not feel sluggy i i don't like eating too close to the show because if i eat too close to singing it, I, it just sits in the wrong place. And I, so I normally eat afterwards. Totally. It must feel really heavy to be sort of moving and performing straight after. So anyway, yeah. I hope Stuart's not too annoyed with your special requests. Uh, where, if he's listening, thank you, Stuart. This is all for the greater, greater good of everyone. I feel like he'll do anything for me. So I don't, I, don't, I never feel guilty. I always say please and thank you. And he, <laughs> he's always fine. It's all right then. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Let's talk a little bit about your home kitchen now. So it sounds like you think about wholesome, you know, nutritious, family-friendly meals. What's it like? What's happening in your home kitchen? Lately, it's been a little bit lax, I have to be honest, because I've been so busy with the album and stuff. So there's been a, a lot of kind of ready meals and probably too many takeaways. But now I'm home, I'm starting to think of, trying to think, I do struggle actually, the older I get, just trying to think of new things. And I, I do like to try new recipes and stuff. But um, recently I've been making more of a kind of a, I suppose it's more of an Asian style salad. So I use like Chinese um, leaf, cabbage instead of lettuce. And with like really finely sliced mm. peppers and um, mint and coriander and, and radishes and stuff. And then like a, either a crispy salmon with kind of chili salmon or crispy beef on the top. And it's so nice. You know, when one of those meals that you just never want it to end, it's, it feels like that. And ev- and everybody really likes it, it which is a miracle that all, every, all four of us like the same dinner. <laughs> so I do. Well, that's the holy grail of parenting. I wanted to talk a little bit about your fancy breakfast, the posh chorizo eggy beans. Tell us more about this. Yeah, so this is something that I made a lot for when I was recording the album. So I, we had our, our routine for recording the album, me and Steve, my producer, was in the morning, he'd come here about eight o'clock. We'd go out for a walk. We'd take the dog for a walk around the lake where I live. And then we would come back, record for a couple of hours, and then I would make lunch. And and then we would go back to the studio. And the first, I think the first day we got a takeaway because normally when you're in an actual studio, that's your only choice. But there, and But we were at my house doing it. And then after the first day, I was like, right, I'm going to have to think of something new every day. So we'd, I, I do have this for breakfast, but this is what I was make, made for lunch. So this is, um, it just makes baked beans on toast a bit more interesting, really. And it's so tasty. I, the first time I made it for Steve, I said, I know technically it's just beans on toast, but trust me, when you taste it, it is, it's something else. And, and he was, it was a revelation. I'm not going to lie. It's, 
It's really nice. I mean, it sounds, so firstly, it sounds amazing. Secondly, I love how clever it is. This is sort of classic home cooking, isn't it? Because you've got these, you know, eggs are very cost effective. Everyone mm-hmm. needs ways to use up tins of beans because you have them lying around. You know, chorizo, if you cut them up, if you chop them up, you can really extend how much you use. You don't need yeah. a lot, do you, of expensive chorizo? Um, no. And so it sounds a bit to me like you've, you've taken a leaf out of your mum's book here, Claire. Well, I got into the habit of buying, you know, um, you can in the supermarket buy little packets and it's already diced up for you. And I got into the habit of having things like that in the in the fridge just to spice up meals sometimes. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, there's onion in there. There's and, and I like chorizo to be quite crispy. I'm not I'm, when it's got a little bit mm. of a crisp on the outside. It's so delicious. And it coats everything. Oh, it sounds amazing. The fried egg was a bit of, was an addition. I never, I used to just have it with the beans. And then earlier on this year, I did a cooking show and I had a mentor chef. And one of the meals that I'd never got to make because I got kicked off was it had, um, they were like masala beans, but it was like a pie, a suet crust, not suet, a water crust pie with masala beans on top which were far too spicy for me and then a crispy fried egg on the top and I I was like do you know what that crispy fried egg that's going to work on my beans that we have sometimes and I tried it and it it, it's so good with the egg with the runny yolk on the top it's really really good oh sounds fantastic so how much of your cooking is just comes you know from your head sort of inspiration strikes you've got things lying around and do you actually use cookbooks I do use cookbooks and I use and I online recipes quite a lot because I, you know, sometimes think, oh, I really fancy this today, whatever it is. And it's so easy just to go find a recipe. And I do kind of search quite a lot to, to and I look at the ingredients of each different recipe just to see how authentic I think it might be. And, and or, or even some it's quite interesting, the variations that you find on recipes that from from one extreme to the other. I mean, I've started making, I used to buy for my sins, you know, the, the, the chili con carne powder mixes and the fajita powder mixes and the taco. We've all been there, Claire. There is no shame in that. Sometimes you have to, but I've like now when I make a chili, I make it completely from scratch because I, I kind of searched and I've played around with it a little bit. And now I, I know how to make a chili con carne without using a packet mix you don't have you've got all the I've got all those spices in my cupboard and it's you know they always they're falling out when I open the cupboard door so I should use them and even things with like you know tacos and and fajitas it's all the same spices but we just don't realize I think well I think I feel like I was tricked into thinking that you can only make it from this this packet. That's marketing, getting its job right. Yeah, absolutely. And and just the know-how is so important. Once you, so do you have any top tips for busy people? Like you said, you know, there are certain in products you keep ready. I love the idea of individual chorizo, those pots. And then, of mm. course, you get baked beans like that as well, don't you? Because I live on yes. my own sometimes. So instead of getting the tins of baked beans, which I can't go through in one go, I'll often buy the pots. So, you know, yeah. they're single serve baked beans. Mm. Do you have any other tips that you'd love to share for sort of busy people on the go um so I've started doing and I did I think I did this at the beginning of the year when I was busy I went I bought an absolute ton of garlic bulbs and I sat here one day 
and I peeled every single one and I put it all in a silicon pouch and in my freezer. So I've got garlic. I don't like using, I have used it, but you know, the tubes and the jars sometimes, the paste, but sometimes you need a piece of a garlic clove. So I've just got absolutely tons of garlic in my freezer that I just, whenever I need it, I, I go and grab it from there. And it goes through this, this garlic press really easy. And so I've always got that. I've done the same with avocado as well. Bought loads of avocados. I've mashed them all up in a bowl, put a bit of lemon juice and salt and pepper, and then got an ice cream scoop and scooped them all onto a baking tray, froze them, and then put them in a Ziploc bag. And whenever you want avocado on toast or for guacamole or anything, it's there and it's really easy. So things like that I kind of try and do. That is a very top tip because, of course, you often find avocados sort of they're slightly overripe and they're selling as whoopsies and things. So that is a really top tip. And it stays green. It doesn't go brown or anything. That's the thing. Avocados, you just never know. Does it not? No, Mm. it stays green. It's great. Well, that is a top thing for me to try. And also, I have children and I hear the small fingers are excellent for peeling garlic. So that <laughs> might have to be a weekend activity. Yeah, it took me ages, honestly. I had a lot of catching up to do on the TV. So I just sat here and just <laughs> peeling garlic for hours. Before we go into rapid fire questions, is there a drink that you drink to preserve your gorgeous voice? Winter is cometh. What, what would you suggest? What's your secret? Um, just a lot of water. I have to, especially when I'm, I'm singing a lot, I have to drink a lot of water to keep it hydrated. I have this, there's two drinks I have. I either have a chamomile tea bag with fresh ginger, lemon and honey. Um, and sometimes Mm. if I've got fresh turmeric, I will use that as well in there as a hot drink just to soothe. Or I've got this stuff, which is like a Chinese syrup. And I want to pronounce it, but I know I'll get it wrong. But you can buy it in Chinese herb, herbalist. But it's kind of, um, you can have it, it's like a really thick syrup. It's a bit like honey, but it smells much more medicinal. I have it off the spoon if I'm really desperate. Or if you mix it with hot water, it's a really nice hot drink. And I have that in a hot cup on stage with me. So next to my water, if I feel, it's just, it's like magic for your throat. It's, it is a throat a Chinese kind of throat medicine, but it's a lot of singers do use it, but it's fantastic. And it tastes nice too, which is the big, you know, often the missing, missing piece of the jigsaw puzzle with medication. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Rapid fire now. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. Guilty pleasure. What do you eat when no one is looking? Crisps. Music you listen to when you're cooking? Um, Carrie Underwood, always. (laughs) How do you relax and you can't say singing? Um, I love a bath. I love a bath with a glass of wine. And that it's as simple as that with bath salts. This sounds wonderful. Your last kitchen disaster? I don't know. I've not had one for a while. My coffee machine's broken. It keeps leaking. That's a disaster. <laughs> it's not really cooking though, is it? <laughs> uh, next question was going to be tea or coffee. I think the answer might be coffee. Coffee. I don't drink tea. I hate tea. I hate it. I've never drunk it in my entire life. What? Outrageous. We can no longer be friends, Claire. Sorry. Um, <laughs> favourite step song? Oh, um, One for Sorrow. Uh, favourite song from your album? Oh, um, I never knew love like this before, I think. 
Oh, and uh, are you going to sing for us? That's only a joke, by the way. You, don't, you absolutely don't have to, and it's not even a rapid fire question. <laughs> I just thought I'd pop that in the mix. I'd like your style. Good try. <laughs> you don't ask, you don't get. See exactly. Um, Claire, you've been absolutely lovely to chat to. Um, good luck with the tours and the promotions, and we wish you all the very best. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the BBC Good Food Podcast. If you'd like to hear more podcasts, subscribe now so you're always up to date. And don't forget our bonus recipe episode is out on Thursday. Bye for now. Bye.